at Don't all. Don't let an algorithm pick your tribe. That's I a know. mistake. <laughs> Welcome to the Healing Ground Movement, a podcast dedicated to revolutionizing how we think about our bodies and our health. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Hudson, DC, and I have lived my life in pursuit of holistic healing and care that goes beyond symptom management. If you've been listening and like what you're hearing, head over to your favorite platform and leave us a review so we can reach more people with our important message. Enjoy today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Healing Ground Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Hudson, and with us today we have Alyssa Manning that I am so excited. You won't realize that we're having her back on the podcast because Alyssa and I recorded an episode a year ago that had sound drop out and we've been working for a year to have her wisdom and experience um, to share with you. Um, we do have a fantastic yoga flow on YouTube that Alyssa recorded for us, but now we actually get to talk with her live, not quite in person, but uh, thank you for joining us. It's an honor. Thank you so much. And so just to get to know this a little bit better, she was born of the wind and raised with tremendous love in her heart. Her journey through competitive sports, anatomy, physiology, architecture, adventure, travel, yoga, skydiving, fitness, health and wellness, and meditation is inextricably linked to the energy inside of, her, inside of her being. You can catch Alyssa doing her thing on Ohana Online, we're going to learn a lot more about that today, where a vibrant and diverse community connects daily in order to live their best life. All evolved together. Thank you for joining us again, Alyssa. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I know that you are set up in your um, yoga studio waiting room, so we've got all the the chatter and fun behind you. So you're you're back and and having uh, classes in your space. Yeah, we're open again, and um, we also offer childcare here. So the little ones are just moving out from class and <laughs> probably to the park and whatever else they have moving on from here but this is the reality of life i mean um it's messy and um imperfect and um that's perfect in and of its own way i love it and that's one of the most amazing off offers i think that you focused on is keeping that family aspect in that community and certainly we know now with um children and with our child care and schools not being quite as dependable as maybe they once were again that messy reality of life uh, that you continue to offer that for everyone coming to your studio it's just phenomenal from day one it's always been about family and that has to be thought through every step of the way um mm -hmm. so yeah having our kids here i mean goodness my kids have grown up here um kelly my business partner her daughter has grown up here um all of our littles have grown up here in the last three years i love it well before we dive into talking about community and the the challenges of finding that space now with so much social social distancing and limitations going on still here in the united states um let's get to know you a little bit more i know i asked you this question a year ago but nobody got to hear your answer so when was movement first fun for you from day one my mom um she stayed home with us when we were young, but she was a jazzercise instructor at our church. Um, and my dad, I mean, he was the athlete in high school and in college. Uh, he played football in both and um, baseball in, in high school. But I mean, it was, it's been the foundation of my whole existence is movement. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And how did you arrive? I mean, that laundry list of all the things that you have done in your adventurous life, how did you arrive at yoga and your yoga studio? I was first introduced to yoga. I was, you're not going to believe this, but I was living in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and I was working at a factory 
<laughs> creating toilet seat covers and plastic bed ends for hospital beds. Um, and um, I was introduced to yoga there and it was a very um, slow and intentional hatha practice. But I was instantly, I uh, was transformed into a love of the practice. And um, I didn't know why. I just, you know, it was a really tough time. I was 19 years old. Uh, I was soul searching. And um, there were a lot of unknowns, a lot of questions. And um, yeah, instantly felt calm for the first time in a really long time. At that age, I really couldn't put, I didn't have the language um, of mental health or um, any of the more sophisticated, more refined parts of the, of the being as in, you know, moving beyond the, the physical body and into the energetic body and the emotional body and all these types of things. All I knew was the visceral reaction that I felt calm and I felt peace and I hadn't felt that in a really long time. So I ended up traveling around the world and, um, got to spend some time in India and, um, that was pretty, that was pretty informative and transformative both. And, uh, came back to the United States and it's really all been laid out from there. And, um, you know, existentially, I think it was laid out even well before. Then <laughs> it's fine when you find that path and it is exactly where you're supposed to be. You know, I, I always like the phrase, it's the thought that thinks you, that how you arrive there, maybe you can't quite say, but it's exactly where you're supposed to be. That is the exact statement of how I feel about this moment in time in my life that I'm doing exactly what I was meant to do right now. Wonderful. And what is it that you are doing right now? Because I know there's been a lot of shifts and changes in, in your studios and how we've practiced in the last five, six, seven, how many months now? Forever. <laughs> right? So Betty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you know, I get to be a leader in a community that is aligned in the commitment to evolution and mm -hmm. movement's part of that. Sure. We do really killer movement pieces, whether that's on the yoga side of the spectrum or bar side of the spectrum or um, really all the movement in, in and of in between as well. But the community is, I mean, it's everything. It's um, mental health. It's um, supporting one another, especially through this really challenging time. It is health. It's wellness. It is nutrition. It's um, journaling. It's meditation. It's all the things that we really need to start to figure out how we can be um, intentional each and every day. And that's big. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big thing. It's a lifestyle, really. It is. I think we've come up, as we recorded, um, we really upped our recordings over um, quarantine and shutdown and talking with different resources. And the common theme that's coming out in all of them is about self-awareness and that intentionality and that it's a daily practice. It's not... Um, you know, if there's one silver lining aspect, and there are many, and then there are a lot of not so silver lining aspects to everything that we've been going through. Um, but I feel like it's almost dismantled this idea that self-care and building that community is the one big thing you do once a month. That one going out with your friends once a month or going and getting your massage or doing rather than that daily practice of all, everything that you just listed. Because we can't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the difference right it's mm -hmm. how you approach each day 
and understanding that like, sure, you can have these um, unique transformative events, but transcendence comes each minute of every day or potentially. And that's the thing is that, you know, a lot of us, we go find nature one weekend a month or we um, dive into really the inner landscape one day a month or, you know, potentially less than that. And how are we able to, to sustain life then? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it really ultimately it has to come from inside. And um, that's the type of community that we provide is saying, all right, let's get a little dirty mm-hmm. and go inward. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and, and really just provide the resources for that. Because it's like, it's, it's tough. It's challenging. Mm-hmm. It's big work. And um, we're just committed to the imperfect process of allowing that to happen. And we've never needed it more. I mean, we've never needed it less either, but certainly we've never needed it more. <laughs> well, don't you think this year it's been so revealing? Um, 2020 is like the mega destruction operator for every system that we had current, you know, previously experienced. And uh, what's amazing about this, though, is that we have the ability and I understand that sitting here as a very privileged, able-bodied white woman that I can say that we have the opportunity to actually sift through it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, and so, you know, with that, I think that it's really up to each and every one of us to just kind of dig in and do the work so that we can potentially continue to expand consciousness. Oh, I hope so. I mean, there are so many systems that are getting stressed to the point of breaking. And if we do it right, we'll break them in all the right ways. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like and you've got to let it burn in order mm-hmm. to build. Exactly. And the, but it requires, just as you said, especially when we're sitting in these places of privilege. Um, and each of us has, you know, I, I start to think of privilege as a hierarchy. You know, each of us has that piece that puts us um, into the into the sort of ruling majority and out of the othering. And when we sit in each of those places of privilege, we have even more of an opportunity to lend our voice and lend our experience to categories of othering that, that don't have that same chance. So I just, I, I hope that we all, all take the opportunity. Yeah, it's, that is such a huge conversation and um, I am learning every single day. And so it's been an interesting transformation because the, um, the conversation that Alyssa and I had a year ago was a lot more about yoga and the, the mindfulness of coming to the mat. And you know, we've both agreed that in, in this current stage and place, while we're both learning and both expanding, um, that's not our conversation to share right now. Um, Healing Ground Movement is working on, on finding voices and, and bringing authenticity to what that yoga and that safer space looks like. Um, but we'll be moving away from that topic today and focusing on something that I know Alyssa does phenomenally and where her heart um, went into when creating Oasis Nohana is, is that community, is that family aspect of coming together, doing whatever movement practice, whatever self, self-care or intentional work that we bring. Um, and I know I've heard from my patients, my friends, my family that one of the big challenges here is that while things are sort of open, they're sort of not, 
and there are limitations for working out with masks that may not be accessible to certain individuals or going into a group setting is not accessible at all to certain individuals or the financial implications of having a membership. There are so many boundaries now, but you are shifting and moving to keep that community alive and vibrant for everybody. What an endeavor. <laughs> it is the goal. So you know what's been fascinating mm-hmm. to me is that before we had access to all these people around us mm-hmm. and we're connected in some ways, but maybe only uh, peripherally connected, even though we were in sharing like space and time, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah. you could have come to Ohana before and you would practice or work out with 20 other people and yeah, like you say hello and, you know, you share time and space and that sort of thing, but there's mm-hmm. still um, a link or an anchor that is needed to really feel alive and that's community. Mm-hmm. So we move into this socially distanced world and um, we're open again and uh, we've built this whole new online community as well. And now it's time to really look at how to solve the disconnect. And this is, in person, this is virtually, this is all the things, right? Mm -hmm. This is the innovation of the time is to say, hey, how can we build community, but actually make it heartfelt rather than just, how are you doing today? Which no one listens to the answer of, or, you know, the the very peripheral questions and conversations that we've had before. It's amazing how you shut things down and the conversation changes to something that's actually meaningful. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what we're committed to. It's like, okay, let's make this way more important. Let's make it, you know, way more heartfelt. Let's make it about how we can listen, how we can share time and space. And the fascinating thing is that that doesn't necessarily have to be face-to-face anymore. I think the most fascinating part of it is just as you were saying, is that we we blame so much of our disconnect pre-shutdown on social media and falling into our phones. And the truth of the matter is a lot of us are going through our life, even in that physical, personal world, not having that deep conversation with the person we're sitting right next to or getting to know them on a personal level. And now we are all being asked in our homes with this physical distance, you know, the socially social distancing caught on as the phrase, but it really is physical distancing. Um, This physical distance is implied and we have to use the same tools that created social emotional distance pre-shutdown, the same uh, Zoom and computer and Facebook and all of these platforms to build connectivity that is deeper and more meaningful because we are all craving it so deeply. You're nailing it on the head. And this (laughs) is where the, the solution comes in. Yes, it's physically distant, but it's emotionally connected. And that is what we're doing right now by giving people a supportive and safe space virtually for the most part. Um, yeah. To like, you know, create some roots mm-hmm. to start to honor what we're feeling um, and to be able to talk about it without like any expectations. And that's the biggest thing is that mm-hmm. you can't go into a meaningful conversation with already defining what someone else wants you to say or feel or do or any of those things. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to be really raw yeah. and, um, and be able to share that and feel okay to share that. And that's, you know, this is living in an emotionally connected way is really the path forward. I think is mm-hmm. um, there has to be some awareness there um, 
awareness through your words and awareness through your actions for sure. And, and also just the way you show up for one another. And there's so much emphasis being put on right now of just the, the catchphrases and the hashtags that are trending now. And I could mention some, but this will air in two weeks and I'm sure they will be totally different. Um, <laughs> that, but there is so much that is layered and expected within those. Even socially distanced versus physically distanced. We could get into an online Twitter fight about what each one means because of that predisposed emotional attachment I have to it that I expect you are going to have to it. And we don't actually ever have a conversation about it. Yeah, so, exactly. And so how it, do you come around that then? What, what are you doing to maintain this beautiful community? I, I used to practice that Ohana before I moved all the way to the other side of Denver. So now it's much too far. Um, but I, I love the community and the warmth that you have there. How do you maintain and draw that forward? I mean, it starts with every single um, aspect of the business and of leadership. You know, it has to start with us, obviously, the mm -hmm. way the words that we choose, um, the offerings that we present. Um, yeah, if, you know, the way that we connect with our with our clients and um, help them with whatever it is, whether it's just from like the easiest logistics to um, all the way through their um, experience inside the space to the products that we source that are sustainable and, um, you know, developed and uh, produced by women or, um, you know, entrepreneurs within the BIPOC community um, or LGBTQIA plus community. I mean, all these things, right? So you're creating a cohesive community where the experience is about love and acceptance and, um, you know, the family vibe in every aspect of it. Every, it's thought through from start to finish and obviously the way that we, we, we show up each and every day. So, you know, let's, we've got this like super cool online platform now that people can uh, join us live stream or you can take, we've got 500 hours of, of on-demand replay content on there too. And we're just crushing it, you know, <laughs> like we're coming in here every single day. We're um, showing up with our whole hearts, um, taking care of people at every single turn and then <laughs> making sure that they understand that we don't expect you to be perfect. We just want you to, to go through, you know, everything that you're thinking, feeling, doing all these things. Um, yeah. And, and just roll with it. You know, it's about mm -hmm. evolution this year. It's big time about how we can evolve. I love that. And I love that you're starting with just the, the intentionality of the container that you're creating. And I think so often, um, I've certainly heard through different mentors and individuals that, you know, people don't come here for the decor or people don't come here for either they're here for yoga or they're in my office for chiropractic adjustment. But I think, um, being that we are, creatures of community and observation that it really does matter and it really does sink in if you walk into a space and you see that there is a ton of single-use plastic and you know products that aren't sustainable that's going to send a very different message than having all of the communities that you that you mentioned represented and that if you're about sustainability and heart connection and community, then you better be surrounded by that as well, that we walk into that environment and we create our personal experience within that container. 
Yeah, and I think that's really the difference. So um, creating a space is potentially different than creating a business. And mm -hmm. I have a feeling that you and I could have a whole different podcast on mm -hmm. business development. And um, that would be really fascinating too, if you ever want to just plant that seed for the future. But okay. um, it, ha it has to be everything. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what you're talking about, that whether you're online or you're in person, it's a sensory experience. Mm -hmm. And those details need to be cohesive there has to be connection between them because if we are trying to solve uh disconnect within a virtual world mm -hmm. then for sure you need to think through those things as well and we do you know like we're we're um every single day we're up leveling and improving what that experience looks like um so it's been, it's been fascinating and it's been so gut-wrenching and it's been um all the all the things all the feels every single day so what are you doing in that virtual world um, to reach out and create community with, with your clients and members? Um, and what challenges are they facing that you are, are helping to solve? Yeah, so fear mm -hmm. is the challenge. Yeah. Um, and it's totally understandable. Fear in this year. I mean, what, what this experience, this major life experience that's happening right now, mm -hmm. what this is really bringing to the surface is fear. And um, it's totally natural. It's also completely self-created and, um, you know, something that can shift. Mm -hmm. And so in that way, um, you know, there's fear with being in person. There's fear with being only online. There's fear with being in your home. There's fear with being out in public. There's fear. Um, and that's all just like geophysical fear. Mm -hmm. And then there's also fear of like, okay, maybe there is something underneath here that is more significant. And then there's fear associated with that. Um, and then all the, th all the things in between. So, you know, like, what are we doing? I guess being really vulnerable in the journey. I'm perhaps the type of person that shares too much. <laughs> that definitely <laughs> freaks a lot of people out, but I don't really yeah, know I any other way to be. Podcast. The overshares are... <laughs> <laughs> it's part of human. It's part of that vulnerability, and yeah. I think the more conversations we have about that, that say this is not as pretty and clean as you might expect to be. It's dirty and gritty, and I suffer and struggle too. It's an invitation for others to at least acknowledge within themselves, even if they're not ready for their own personal overshare. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's. I mean, it, that that's the thing is that you know this the the self-discovery that is going on is, um, you know, it's, it's pretty big and this is a container for that. Whether we get to do it, you know, um, online together, whether we get to do it in person together, it's, it's just saying that, you know, it's big and mm -hmm. it's necessary and um, we definitely have to feel in order to move forward. But as soon as consciousness expands, it cannot contract. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal, right? It's like, whatever is like sitting inside you, there's a lot of things that just habitate. They like build up their own brick and mortar inside mm -hmm. our bodies, you know? Yeah. Um, and so as much as we can say, it's like taking a tiny little, you know, like rock hammer and just like one crack at a time, taking out a little bit of that mortar, um, mm -hmm. creating some perforations and all the seals of that's like, holding what's 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 inside so each day we just show up put a tiny little crack in the mortar and um you know someday 
we'll be able to let some of these things move through us. Um, some of the, the big things move through us and, and they're like, it's, we get lighter and lighter every single day, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, that's so, the goal. That we can move in that open direction. Yeah. And I, and I wonder, so here's my overshare. I'll just make this about me. Um, but I wonder when we have so many people who are now for whatever variety of reasons, because of course health is entirely personal and there's, there's no judgment or shame onto how you make these choices for yourself, but seeking to do any movement class online. Um, you know, we see a lot of that yoga and Pilates moving online as well. Um, that I hear a lot and I feel a lot of, I don't want to do it by myself. I miss my community. I miss my class. And if I sit with it long enough, I realize that if I'm by myself in my living room, I, it's harder to hide from, from me. It's, we're surrounded in our environment with all of its imperfections um, that come with our personal lives. And we are only there with our body and our physical capabilities. I can't be looking over at the person two mats. I know, keep your eye on your own mat, but let's say I didn't. The two mats over who's doing some phenomenal variation that's not, not accessible to me yet or perhaps ever, and I can come up with a story about them instead of focusing on myself. And yeah, but isn't it liberating, Carly, to mm -hmm. say like, hey, guess what? I actually know what my story is. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm at home, you're getting confronted yeah. with your own stories. Like, that's good. Yeah. You, know, I mean, you can be aware of it. It's like, it's a fantastic gift. And then entirely terrifying that we totally. start to seek those ways to go, okay, deep, dark story that I need to touch, or I haven't finished the laundry. <laughs> oh my gosh. That pause button in a home practice is real, right? Yeah. 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 So accountability. I mean, that's what we're really talking about here. You have to, to develop a home practice. Is, it's, it's difficult. It's challenging. Um, and it's also one of the most freeing and liberating things that you can do for yourself to say like in whatever context you're in that you can actually still find yourself. Mm -hmm. So what does accountability look like at Ohana? Um, we have a Facebook group that's just for our members and, um, yeah, like every single day we have daily mantra, daily journaling, um, you know, nutrition info that can um, help sustain you for the week. Um, we are doing moving into this fall. This will mm -hmm. be a new, this is a sneak peek for everybody here on the podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. But we're going to be offering small semi-private fitness pods and yoga pods. Mm -hmm. So you'll show up, um, whether it's in person or virtually, you'll show up at the same time every week. Um, with the same group of people and um, you'll practice or go through your workout just dependent on what your goals are for four weeks and um, you'll be accountable to each other. So it's, um, yeah, it's going to be really cool. It's our next evolution of mm -hmm. the business model is um, small pods to like really dig in and figure out like, what are my goals? What do I want to do? What do I want to focus on? And how can I do that with accountability with a group? Mm -hmm. Because that's really um, yeah. what we lose when we go into our home practice is that we have to be accountable to ourselves. And that is, that's a, acknowledging it's how important it is, but it is a big mountain to climb. No, no less worth the effort, but having that group really helps. Yeah. I mean, who's on your list? I'm at the bottom of my list. I've got <laughs> two children. I've got a, a male partner. I've got, you know, my mom lives three miles away. Um, there's all these people on the list that are above myself. So that's, that's, that's the thing is that self-care at home is, uh, 
is a is a huge is a huge shift but this is why we are given this year it's to literally take this awareness and start to start to make those types of changes incrementally you know like it doesn't need to be this big thing it's like saying hey you get out of the shower and maybe you put lotion on your feet too and not just like you know yeah don't just dry off and rush to the next thing exactly exactly No, and I think that would be an awesome suggestion for anyone listening um, to this podcast now. If you're listening and driving, maybe make a note and do it when you're not driving. Um, <laughs> but what, where are you on your list? Because I know I got called out not that long ago when I was having one of those, oh my goodness, what am I going to do kind of breakdowns. And I listed um, uh, my parents, my partner, my child, my business, my patients, my podcast, and uh, my friends, and I totally forgot got to mention myself. I wasn't even on my list. And so step one, put yourself on the list. Step two, put yourself Get yourself on your list. list. Yeah. And what are you going to do once you're on the list? Because once you're on the list, you got to do something for them, right? Something for yourself. And maybe it's that lotion. (laughs) Step two, lotion on the feet. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. It's actually an Ayurvedic principle, but I started doing this like world shut down started putting my lotion on my feet every single day. And I'm a yogi that, and a fitness professional. So I'm like barefoot cruising around, whether it's in studio or at home all day. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a, a hippie by nature. So it's like, you know, I'm always barefoot and mm-hmm. I'm never taking care of my feet. And guess what? As a privileged person, it's a life changer. <laughs> so simple little things. And I like that the aspect of that, and I'm going to start doing it because I'm a, I'm a barefoot hippie all the time as well. Um, we go around our neighborhood now and my husband, my daughter, and I never bother to put on shoes and we're getting a little bit of a reputation for it um, in Denver. <laughs> but to put that lotion on, it's, it's the little things. You know, we, again, this, the gift of this year is breaking the idea that it has to be some big, dramatic, once a month check-in. Um, you know, we can't all, um, perhaps some of us are in a place of privilege where a daily massage would fit into our budget and time, but once a month seems like a reach for most of us and, and totally out of the question for many, but the idea of, could you take a minute and put lotion on your feet? And if you don't have lotion, could you just massage them and take a minute? It's these little pieces that start to build an awareness and self and calm to create those spaces that you were talking about, to break through the fear, to be present, because what is fear but looking to the future and looking to the unknown and getting lost in it? And the antidote to that is coming back to present and what you know and what you can hold in yourself. It's the incremental that Mm -hmm. makes something significant. Like, yeah, I mean, we've got like crazy huge trainings and continuing education and retreats and all that kind of stuff. Great. So you want to sign up for that and pay a zillion dollars to do that? I mean, we can do that too. Or we can also every single day check in mm-hmm. be like, what are you doing for yourself today? <laughs> you know, as a person, I, it's, it's very interesting. I, I've been having a lot of conversations with um, some of our older populations lately. Mm-hmm. And um, the conversation always comes to the glorification of the grind all day, every day. And mm-hmm. this is like, you know, I've been talking to um fellow humans that are in their 70s and in their 80s and even above that and their conversation is I'm so busy and I'm like hot damn if I'm that busy at 70 or 80 I've missed something I've missed an opportunity to slow down 
And I've missed a big opportunity to take care of myself because this now um, is generationally ingrained in our behavior, in our conversations, in the way that we live life. Um, And yeah, like, I mean, we all talk about the glorification of how hard we work and this has to change. Like it Mm -hmm. has to evolve from saying how busy I am to saying how alive I feel. Yes. And can we do that together? And the answer is yes, we can totally do this together because number one, it's way more fun. <laughs> and number two, we need each other. Yeah. No, like we need to live with each other. We are humans and we're diverse and we're, um, you know, like there are vast things of our own conditions and experiences um, that, you know, that have a, a, a rainbow of experience, but we need each other and we have to figure this out together. Yes. And I love all of the, the movements that the pods that you're creating within your studio and your online community to draw people back together and have it be again, that intentional person to person. I mean, in, in our tribal selves, we are meant to be in groups of 20 to 40 and then we split again because we can only manage so many relationships. And if we look at, well, I'm on, I'm on Facebook and I have my entire Facebook community of however many hundreds of friends, you know, have decided to follow you. That's not an intentional space to come and be safe to feel vulnerable and be safe to have that raw conversation with another person. But can you no, do because the algorithm says what people you're connected to. Yes. It's no. not even our own hearts. We can't even say like, oh, I want, you know, like these are the people that I want to even connect with virtually. Yeah. No, it's like, it has nothing to do with that at Don't all. Don't let an algorithm pick your tribe. That's I a know. mistake. <laughs> yes. And you wonder why you're so angry and so frustrated. But to have these groups and, and to join in with um, – Ohana online and what they're bringing together and these this fabulous opportunity that you've made or to see so many families creating these pots themselves out of need and necessity in schooling in movement and community and care and we are not meant to to be alone and while that might not include a warm hug at this moment it doesn't mean that we are without vulnerable connection totally I mean mm-hmm. 100% it's Yeah, we have, I mean, how fascinating would it be to say, okay, what do you really, what do you want to focus on for four weeks? So what part of your heart, what part of your body, what part of your spirit, what part of your mind do you want to focus on for four weeks? And then you're put together with a group of people that maybe be, you hadn't met before, maybe you have, but you had no idea that you were so aligned. And then you actually get to go through the process of humanity. And that's an experience of movement um, because the, the visceral experience of movement is always the easiest to, to, to tap into, right? Yeah. And then you can dive deeper. It's like, you have to do the external. You don't have to, but especially when you're first entering into um, some deeper parts, like you have to go out in order to come back in. Mm-hmm. So then you get to do this with people and, um, you know, like hopefully have some really good conversations with someone that maybe the day before you were attempting to bully online but now you actually get to see them you know face to face whether it's in person or virtually and Mm -hmm. be like wow okay you may have a different perspective on a b and c but guess what we're actually aligned Mm -hmm. and this is the bridge you know this is the bridge where you start to say like we are so much more alike than we are different Mm -hmm. 
And I think we, we as a culture need that so desperately to heal and to move forward. The, the, the chasm between us and our differences, whatever line we think we're standing on, has gotten so deep and, and seemingly impenetrable. But I think it is, it's an illusion of algorithms when it comes down to it versus taking that space and having a new expectation about your home practice of movement. And if it is scary or intimidating to be alone, to be alone with your thoughts on your mat in your living room or on the sidewalk with your run or any of these places, if we can change that story for ourselves to say, this is me putting myself on the list and being aware of what I need, where I'm struggling, and finding that community where you can have that social emotional connection, suddenly we're not isolated, but we're growing. 100%. There is uh, so many more people that can state this concept much more eloquently than me. But this all comes back to the yogic principle of the heart of the Tantra. And the world will always give us two perspectives. So when you cue into the two perspectives as, di as different, it looks divisive. Mm -hmm. And sure, that is one story of the two different perspectives. But the heart of the chantra is the fusion between the two. And two perspectives always overlap. They mm -hmm. are not polars. They are not opposites. They are not extremity. They're actually aligned. And where they do, where the, the heart is right in the center of these two perspectives or two principles, this is where this is where we live. This is where we can potentially live. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's why we go through life and you know, you'll have, um, you'll experience one sided, let's just say it's like a, a love relationship. You know, sometimes you're on the side of mm -hmm. choosing to move beyond the relationship and breaking up with somebody. And then you'll also experience the other side where someone breaks up with you and mm -hmm. you need to, you need to really know and feel and, um, you know, recognize each perspective in order to, to, to find the truth that's right, right yeah. in the middle. And the heart of the matter, I suppose, pun intended, it's that duality of you can't have one without the other. And um, you can't, um, there are so many studies and, and research saying that if you don't feel deep sadness, if you don't feel fear and alone, you won't be able to appreciate happiness and community and togetherness. We can't go through life without the struggles and think that if we move with ease, that we will avoid um, disease in favor of light. It's just what we end up with is a neutral blah. And so, and I, I think that's a lot of where we have been as a cultural is in this neutral blah where we've done so much work to avoid the struggle that we also don't get the benefit of, of the light that comes out the other side of it. And I personally would go 100% agree. And I personally mm -hmm. would go an even step further is that we haven't done the work to feel the struggle. Yes. It's not to intellectualize the struggle. It's not to, you know, um, do work, all those types of things within the struggle, but it's to actually feel it. And this is where I think life is shifting. Humanity is shifting is just, instead of saying, Hey, I'm obsessed with the grind. It's saying, okay, I can work really hard, but here's also what that's uncovering for me. These, mm -hmm. these are the emotions that I'm going through when I'm kicking ass. And, um, you know, I mean, like, let's be honest, we wouldn't have any good country song without struggle. <laughs> we would have no, you know, Renaissance poetry or literature without struggle. Mm -hmm. We would have none of these things we would have that in terms of our um, 
cultural feel, our cultural anchors into uh, humanity in and of itself. We have to have those things. Yeah. Art is that expression of that duality, of that struggle being made beautiful of finding the beauty in the imperfection. And like you said, not intellectualizing it, but feeling your way through it. And that's the bit that, so back to these kind of older generation um, mm -hmm. conversations I've been having, it is like time and time again, we've stopped at just the mind. Mm -hmm. We've said, all right, I'm gonna master the, the mind and say like, this is what I understand and this is what I know. And here's another podcast that we could jump on at some point in time, just planting a second seed, <laughs> is it. the discussion of morality and how mm -hmm. that really has been a limiting factor in our evolution. But um, yeah, it's like, it's like we're stopping there. We're stopping with the intellectualization of all these concepts and as mm -hmm. if that's a way of knowing. But really, then you begin to meditate or find deeper practices and um, once you move past the mind and the limiting factor of the mind, then everything starts to come through. And so to take that to sort of the, the challenge of finding that community and that movement at home or whatever venue is available to you these days, that is the intellectualization of I'm doing an at-home practice and that pause button feels really enticing. And I can intellectualize, say, well, I have to go do laundry or the dishes are in the sink or I only have five minutes. So what am I really going to get out of this? That staying in that intellectual mind versus doing that deeper work and knowing that the struggle isn't just something that's annoying about working out at home or moving at home. It is part of the process of finding that deeper level and internalization and getting in touch with how it feels to move through this without the distractions of the physical community, but still with the support of them in, in these pods that we may be creating. Yeah, it's like commit to your go-to of grind mentality. Get mm -hmm. yourself on your mat. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't yep. matter if it's like 60 seconds, 60 minutes, whatever. Who cares? Get your ass on your mat. Do your thing. Whatever movement looks like, maybe it's stillness, like restorative mm -hmm. and like a deeply nourishing. And yeah. whatever it is, like you're not, you know, you will, you will not find that time to be lost or you know, um, unsupportive or, or, you know, inconclusive or whatever other um, qualitative words you want to utilize for the time that you just spent. You just like harness what you have, harness your power of like, Hey, yeah. I love, I love, you know, just continuing to do and do and do and do harness that, get yourself on your mat, move your body a little bit and, and dig in, go a little bit deeper. I love small, small needs to be valued for the step in a direction is it's one step, not useless, not insignificant. It is just, totally. it just is. Yeah. Sometimes that's even as incremental as just like popping on and, and uh, consuming some sort of content. Hopefully it's more consciously created content, but mm -hmm. you know, that's always step one. And it's like, okay, where does charm take you? Where does inspiration take you? And mm -hmm. uh, you really have to, to follow those types of, of, uh, of um, you know, like that type of um, inspiration or that type of charm. I love it. So for, for everyone who has been enticed for this, this conscious creation or this idea of an intentional online community and this home movement, um, in the time that we have left, can you tell us about Ohana Online and where it's accessible, how it's accessible, um, and the further evolution in front of you? Super simple. OhanaYoga.com. You're home for all things community. Mm -hmm. 
And Ohana is based here in Denver, but the online community lets you send your feelers out even further than yes. Yeah, we've got, so it's super cool. We've got little pockets in Paonia. Um, <laughs> so like small communities within the community. Um, we've got little pockets in Florida. We've got people in California, um, people in New York. So it's just cool. It's like, mm -hmm. um, how amazing that, you know, in this um, wicked time of, unknown and um you know like craziness that's going on that we actually can be together in real time or um in virtual time as well it's just like it's so i mean it's it's mind-blowing i love it oh that's fantastic so ohana say ohana yoga online or ohana online just ohanayoga.com ohanayoga.com check it out I mean, having been a member of the studio for quite some time and feeling the impact and the the guidance that comes from your phenomenal teachers it will be worth the effort and to find those communities and pause i'm so excited for what you've created here in the fall and i hope um more studios decide that this is a brilliant idea and run with it because we yeah. certainly need it <laughs> we need it i mean we're not like you know, this isn't like a, a big, huge new concept, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're just, uh, we're just doing it and we're doing it really well. Yes. Yeah. We're all, we're getting back to the basics of what we need. And isn't that just the, the funniest thing through all of the advancements and achievements we've made? It's, it's the simple answers that were always true <laughs> that we have to get 100%. back. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Yep. Awesome. Well, and I hope that from this conversation, we can start thinking about the distance that we're creating as physical, not social, not emotional. So in all of your physical distancing endeavors, remember that there are so many ways to reach out. And um, Alyssa has created such a fantastic platform to do so. And so, something real quick to share too, is that even if you are physically distant, mm -hmm. that in all your interactions, you're not emotionally distant. So potentially uh, that type of mindset can, can change, like even the, the um, curation of the words that you use or... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like how you, how you choose to operate. Yes. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us again today. I know that you've got another class and another endeavor coming your way, but um, I'm glad that we could get a conversation going and that you are, are thriving, thriving, thriving and offering. That's what we were going for. Thriving and offering such a, a valuable and necessary pivot um, in a world that doesn't stop moving. 100%. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alyssa. Uh, thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Healing Ground Movement podcast. Um, don't forget to head over to YouTube, uh, subscribe and like our page and check out the yoga flow that Alyssa and I did a year ago, breaking down your chaturanga to make sure you're doing it safely and effectively. Very important when you're practicing at home. In the meantime, be well, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard and got a little something out of it. Now remember, the information expressed in these interviews is for informational and not diagnostic or treatment purposes. However, I hope you find that having the right information and resources can go a long way to helping you on your healthcare journey. Ask the right questions and seek out professional help.